Prepared Sports is part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Be sure to check them out on social media, Six Pack Coverage, and be sure to check out their website, sixpackcoverage.com. Welcome in to Paydirt Sports. This is Will Dundon here with Nick Trucial, Reese Bennett out this week. Another two weeks in a row. Just yeah. Just two dynamic duo action. We'll we're, see. We kind of traded, uh, we're trading places here, you could say. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Maybe we'll get another trio trio in before, because Reese is out of here in a yeah. little bit. Um, as some of you Paydirters that have followed us for a long time, you know that Reese. Um, is serving our country, so he will be headed out. But for you new listeners, uh, this could be an update. Reese will be leaving here somewhat soon. I know uh, he's going to get shipped off somewhere, so very uh, happy for him, but sad to see him go. Yeah, he'll be going down to, I think, Fort Benning in Georgia. Yeah, to start right. doing Yeah, that's to start right. do training. Army, Army branch, maybe future Army Ranger. We'll see how it goes. I think he'll be all right. Good for him. He's anyway. a Anyway, we'll hop in. So, not a ton of big bowl games yet, right? But we did get kind of our first, maybe one that drew people in more with the Missouri Army game. And that game, well, first of all, I had the over. And it looked like like Missouri, they drive down the field, get a late touchdown. And I'm thinking, man, this might be setting up perfectly. All I need is this guy to get the two-point conversion. Army can kick a field goal. We go to OT, and then hey, we're gonna hit the over because they had they had to go for two to get up three. Otherwise, they'd just be up one. So they go for two. Quarterback who's playing in place of Connor Basilek, who's actually going to be transferring. He has the most wide open. Uh, what's the route? Not an out route, but just kind of a rub or like a, a kind of. Pe- the the fullback or running back just peels off right into the end zone is absolutely wide route, open, yeah. standing by himself, and Missouri just oh overthrows him just barely. Mm. So there goes that Army marches down the field a little bit, kicks a game winning field goal, forget the over, but respect to Army too. Good season for them. I think they finished nine and four now. Get a win against a SEC opponent who yeah. Missouri really turned it around kind of in that second half of the year. Still didn't have much of a defense most of the year, but was able to turn it around, get to a bowl game, and play Army. Ooh, Army's pretty good. They're, they're a solid team, actually. And But now you, we have this situation where the SEC is not only, I think they're 0-2 total in bowl games, yeah. but those two losses to group of five teams. Yeah, UCF beat Florida as well. So they kind of took over the state. You could say UCF is kind of top dog in Florida with Florida State being down as well. Right, and Miami just had to cancel their bowl game. Yeah. So, so they won't be playing. UCF, crowned king of Florida, officially. But yeah, kind of, I mean, well, we can talk a little bit about it here, how everyone says, oh, well, SEC teams, never, they're never going to get up for a bowl game. But with Florida's season, as well as Missouri is not competing for anything relevant, really. I mean, they went to the SEC championship in, what, 2013? But other than that, haven't done anything. So... I would think they they tried their hardest here and just got straight up beat. Oh, they definitely did. And you can Florida's a little different situation. Yeah, just cause just because you have an you have an interim head coach and everything. But I mean, 
the argument the argument ever where you're trying someone tries to make that these players aren't trying or don't care especially in a game like that Florida UCF game yeah Florida different situation again because they have an interim head coach a lot of guys are in and out but when you're playing UCF who it's kind of turned into this it's it's not a rivalry because they haven't really played or anything but knowing that you're playing for kind of that state pride especially with UCF always talking about how they think they're the best team in Florida they're the best team in Florida and Florida not even really acknowledging it and then they come in it's like okay we got to put up or shut up basically yeah and then they come in and lose I just don't believe and I don't believe that in any game and the only teams the only teams maybe one team that I think a bowl game ever is a letdown or guys don't get up for is truly Alabama if it's any other team you have no reason to not get up. Even yeah. Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be up for their bowl game this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're not going to a natty, but they're going to be fighting for their 11th or 12th win, whatever. They want to win. You know? I yeah. mean, I, I don't see... Because people tried to make that argument with Georgia last year when they were going to go in and play Cincinnati, and that ended up being one of the best bowl games Yeah, it did. of the entire bowl season. So the whole... People don't care about bowl games. I'll tell you, I know Tennessee cares about the bowl game that's coming up this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Music City Bowl. I know I'm fired up for that. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, in, unless you're a team that is going to a national championship every year, you have a dynasty. A bowl game is not a letdown for anyone. Yeah, and in you which should, yeah. dynasties are very rare. So, I'd say across the board, most teams are going to be getting up. I mean, you can really only say one or two teams every 10, 20 years is really competing for a national ship national championship year in and year out yeah Yeah. really that doesn't even happen too often so people teams get up for bowl games definitely i agree anyway so but like we said sec is now zero and two against group of five teams and we have another matchup with auburn and sec team and Houston. houston a group of five team tomorrow tuesday the 28th and i'll tell you what that's a game i circled as a game before bowl season that that was a group of five game team that was going to beat an SEC team. Yeah, because Houston, what sitting at eleven and two, they're yeah ranked number twenty, I believe, and Auburn has kind of fallen off the wayside. Obviously, they just lost Bo Nix. The season did not finish how they wanted it to. So, I don't know if they're going to have the team chemistry and kind of fight left in them to go out there and beat Houston, who's going to be hungry for this game. It is going to be tough because it's the Birmingham Bowl, so you know there's going to be a lot of Auburn Tigers there. But Houston's hungry for this one. I would not be surprised if they end up winning outright. And see, like we just talked about, teams not getting up for games. I, I wouldn't relate that here to Auburn necessarily. I think Auburn is more more so their situation is they're a defeated team. Yeah. Things haven't gone the way they've wanted Bad, to. They're low just morale. they're just yeah, everything's low. Which uh, that's different. So than it, it's not different than up. just being like, oh, we don't care about this. It's like it's we been a, suck. It, we don't. We can't play hard because we just yeah. can't bring ourselves to care. You've been going down a slow kind of, or you've been going down a slippery slope, and now you're kind of just limping to the finish line. And it's like, okay, do we even want to be here anymore? Right. So a little different than say they were ten and two and they were playing in this game. You know, I think they probably have a little more oh, pride yeah. in it. Yeah. But anyway, I I do. I think I think Houston Dana Holgerson, you know, former West Virginia coach, guy loves. Offensive firepower. I I can really see Houston winning this game, and I think I, I'm going to pick them to win. 
I don't know what the spread is on this game, but Auburn, I don't even know. The backup quarterback that played against Alabama that actually had a pretty good game, is he okay? Is he healthy? Because I remember him limping off the field essentially in that game, but I don't know if it was very serious or what. So, Yeah, I'm not really too sure. That's going to be a question mark. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'm trying to remember Houston's quarterback. I want to say Toon or something. I think that's right. Clayton Toon, maybe. Yep, C. Toon right here. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Clayton Toon. I, li- I like him a lot. I watched him. Uh, I just remember watching like a random Thursday or Friday night game, either last year or the year before, kind of one of those group of five or Conference USA games, whatever it is, or American games, I can't remember. And they, I mean, they can light it up. They can get hot. They're very streaky, yeah. what I noticed, especially kind of when they played Cincinnati in the conference championship. You saw them kind of right off the bat or pretty soon get get some touchdowns, get the ball moving, but then Cincinnati kind of took control and stopped that from happening. But a game that will be really exciting, we got a couple others coming up. Um, Mississippi State plays. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That's good. Mike Leach. Yeah. Going revenge back, game. yeah, maybe a little bit of a revenge. Actually, very much so a revenge game. And Mississippi State is a 10-point favorite there. Ooh. See, that's what I saw In that. In Memphis. I saw that, and I like Mississippi State right, but I have no I have no idea how Texas Tech and is. Minus 10. That's, that's so many points. That's a lot. For that's two teams lot. that you don't. Teams that aren't that good that are double-digit favorites you have to watch out for. Oh, yeah, because you never know when they're just going to play crappy yeah. and when their guys are just going to have a bad game and could end up losing this game. I could easily see Mississippi State uh, losing this game or right. at least keeping it very close. Right. Um, we've got a couple of not really too <sighs> big of games, NC State, UCLA, Minnesota, West Virginia, but really I wanted to talk about some more of these uh, Wednesday and Thursday games Clemson, Iowa State, and then Oregon, Oklahoma on Wednesday are going to be really fun to watch. Those are that, yeah. Wednesday, I feel like, is when it really kicks, kicks off. off. Yep. You got a couple big, big name programs going at it. Clemson, Iowa State. I, I don't know if Iowa State's in that same boat as Auburn in a way, because, you know, they had a lot yeah, of, they've got they skill. Kinda... They had kind of aspirations of, did you actually see what Matt Campbell said no, in his I interview? Didn't. So here's a bunch of Nebraska fans wanted Matt Campbell as a coach, and I wasn't super impressed with him ever. I know he got Iowa State to a good season uh, the year before, but what he said in his interview, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago now, pretty much shut me off of him forever. A reporter basically asked him about if it was a letdown because, you know, maybe this year the major goal was a Big 12 championship. And before the reporter even finishes the question, Matt Campbell goes, oh, that was, that was never my goal. And he was like, what? what? It wasn't your goal? He goes, no, my goal was to be the best team we could possibly be. There might have been some other people saying that was our goal, but that was not. I never said that. That kind of sounds like a Butch Butch Jones saying right there. Like, yeah. oh, we're the, we're the champions of being as the best as we can. Yeah, and it, what, are you, what are you insinuating? What are you trying to say there that it wasn't? Are you trying to make yourself look better saying it wasn't a failure of a season? Because it was. If you're Iowa State, you had a great year last year. You beat Oklahoma. Like, you you were one of the better teams in the Big 12. You had a lot of hype. You had a quarterback coming back. You had one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, your goal is the... Every team's goal, in my opinion, unless you're totally rebuilding, 
is a conference championship. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Or at least a division shit. Like, yeah. Tennessee's goal next year will is be to, to win, win the, the East. East. Yeah. But it may, uh, Georgia is obviously a in the driver's favorite. seat yeah, and everything. But, but if you ask Tennessee, hey, what's your goal this year? It's going to say to to win the league, to win the East or win the SEC, you know? Yeah. Like just because I mean, it just because it might not happen doesn't mean that's not your major goal. What's your goal? What what would you do if you asked a player, "Hey, what's your goal this year?" And they're like, "Ah, you know, win like seven or eight. Yeah, you know, that'd be yeah, cool. Make a bowl, <laughs> like like uh, Boca Raton bowl would be pretty right. sweet. I mean, if you're if you're Vandy and someone asks you that and you say we really want to make a bowl game, yeah, that makes sense. That's a yeah, because you're in complete yeah. rebuild, not even rebuild, just the dark depths of college football. So they're in a different position, but teams like. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee. I mean, those teams have a lot, a bright future and want to take that next step. And I say that's the the, the next goal. Right. I totally agree. And so to, to get back on track, I'm kind of wondering if Iowa State's in that same kind of lane as Auburn. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. I could see them. I mean, Brock Purdy's still playing quarterback for him. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always liked him. He's been there a long time, but I've always I thought he has a heck of an arm. But Clemson's defense—that's what I think is gonna. It could be the difference maker. I, I think Clemson runs away with this, and they end up with what looks like a really good season. Yeah, you know, and after everything, after everyone was freaking out early terrible, in the year, they're never going to win anything. They're right. The dynasty's over. Hey, they're they're only going to have three or four losses. This is going to be. Uh, a win for Clemson. Another double-digit win season. You can't really be mad. Anytime you win 10 or more games, no one's going to be that upset. But I will say, maybe it is the end of the dynasty because of all what, the stuff Dabo? going on with yeah. Dabo. and NIL and deals, hating on all of that. And he's saying not, it's changed. He's not, he doesn't seem like he wants to adjust to everything, to all these signings and commitments and NIL deals and stuff, and people being able to transfer anytime they want. So... Yeah, he's even had some quotes back in the day. I think it was 2013, 2014. If we start paying players, I'm going to retire from college football. He's still around, but hey, maybe he'll uh, hold up his end of the deal here soon. Yeah, and I wonder what he was thinking paying players would look like at that time. Because it's not like the school or the NCAA is paying players, but they're being able to make their own money, essentially. Which someone... uh, I had I had someone mention this to me. I don't think they realized what they were saying. But for some reason, they were like, well, we should start finding players if they can get paid now. And I was like, well, you can't do that because the, the NCAA is not paying them. You're essentially just letting yeah. them get a job while they play football. Yes. So that'd be... Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. That'd, that'd, like, that'd be like if you fire or uh, find a high school player. Seriously, like he if yeah. he works at McDonald's or something, and you said, like, "Well, oh, you got a job, a job. <laughs> he can he pay, can for, pay it. for it." Yeah, no, I think that's not the right yeah. way to do it at all. But uh, then, then we roll into Thursday, North Carolina, South Carolina. That'll be fun, you know, a little yeah. border rivalry going on there. Both teams kind of on the cusp of being pretty good, right? And North Carolina definitely kind of a letdown season yeah. for them, but still have the have the players, have the talent. Mac Brown's coaching them. But man, Still South got a good recruiting class too. Right, and South Carolina Beamer just playing Beamer ball, baby. Yeah, they're doing a lot, a right lot of hype around them. I think whatever happens in this bowl game, you have a lot to look forward to. If you're a South Carolina fan with Rattler coming in and the tight end over there from yep. Oklahoma coming in, all these transfers coming to play for Beamer, 
I have no idea what South Carolina is going to look like next year. They could be a dangerous team in the East. I'm definitely a lot more nervous about playing them next year than I was this year. I mean, you are always... If you're a bowl team, like South Carolina is this year, you could be a quarterback away from a totally different season. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and that's Rattler, the difference in college football, for sure. I mean, when's the last time South Carolina had a guy like Spencer Rattler playing quarterback? Maybe, <sighs> like, a long time. I mean, I know yeah. when Spurrier was there, and they had Connor Shaw... Steven Garcia, guys who are really good college quarterbacks. But nobody who was like elite, elite, elite. Big. Right. Like Rattler could end up being pretty good in the NFL. And I feel exactly. like we don't hear too many South Carolina quarterbacks doing amazing in the Exactly. NFL. Although I do think, I think Steven Garcia is still the last SEC East quarterback to beat Bama. Mm, that's, that hurts. That's so long ago. Yeah. That's like 10 years ago. I mean, how? what's the streak up to with Tennessee? It's been since it's what? Like 04, 14, 05? Yeah, 15 years maybe. I don't know. Too long. 06 maybe. <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, we got we got that one. Music with, City Bowl. Music City Bowl, of course. Purdue. Got to take a fat L. But I we'll, mean, we'll see, right? Purdue was giant killers there for a little bit in the season, so I don't know what to expect, but I... I think Tennessee is just playing with a swagger right now, and obviously the offense is clicking. Purdue hasn't. Well, I was going to say Purdue hasn't faced an offense like Tennessee, but they have. I mean, they played Ohio State, but Ohio State was the one that they weren't able to. Right? Yeah, they didn't really do it. Yeah, they they couldn't hang with them on that one. So we'll see. I think Tennessee's speed will outdo them. I don't see. I think I've said this already. If you want to say maybe Purdue wins, okay. If you want to say Tennessee wins a close one, okay. If you want to say Tennessee blows them out, I could see that too. I don't see Purdue blowing Tennessee no. out. No matter who wins, loses, whatever. Just because I think Tennessee's offense is going to score points no matter what. And I don't think Purdue is going to score 30-plus or anything like that. No. And I think if Tennessee loses this game, it's probably going to be from shooting themselves in the foot. I don't think Purdue goes out there and wins this game. It would have to be turnovers. Yeah. Like, Hooker makes some bad decisions or, like, they get the fumble bug or something. So, yeah, I I don't see this Purdue coming out and just dominating this game for sure. I, I, I honestly see Tennessee winning this game by a couple scores. You got, you're going to have essentially a home game, probably. Oh, yeah. I I mean, from personal experience, I know Knoxville has shown up in Nissan Stadium. Yeah. Everybody's coming in town. This is going to be it's going to be insane. For sure. And then kind of a big game also on that day, Michigan State-Pitt. Yeah. I mean, two double-digit win teams again, right? Yeah. Two teams that definitely probably exceeded, definitely exceeded oh, expectations. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I both. mean, oof. Pitt winning the ACC. I don't think too many people. Michigan that State right off winning the bat. probably twice as many games yeah. as people thought they were going to win. Nobody thought they were going to be that good, and they ended up being really good, close to great this year. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I like Kenny. I mean, Kenny Pickett. I think he's the real deal. He might be the only quarterback who's worth like drafting in the first round. Right. I, feel like. I think yeah. so. I, I someone asked me that the other day. They're like, "Who do you like in the for quarterbacks?" And I said Pickett. And I thought, and I said, "Wait, who else do I like?" <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe there's Corral some, is leaving, isn't he? Right, but he's going to be mm, third or fourth round, I think. I think I would take. 
I think Spencer Rattler has a better higher ceiling higher ceiling in the NFL than Matt Corral does yeah personally well, just because his natural ability and athleticism and arm strength Corral's the I mean Corral's athletic and has some arm I think strength. Corral will have a long career in the NFL I as don't a, think he'll play a lot as a backup yeah yeah backup third string third string practice squad guy still making good money and hanging around yeah I just I, some I, I don't see him becoming a starter in the NFL or anything yeah I'd agree. So that that's something to keep your eye on. I can't wait. Honestly, I, I know we're, we still got games left and everything, but I always love draft season too. Oh yeah, all the combine. I always watch the combine. I love watching the combine <laughs> and just to see just who seeing, who pot who's who incre- who makes themselves like a million dollars by yeah, moving. There's up some three combine superstars of, who yeah. Well, like John Ross. Think about that guy because he set the record for the fastest forty time. That shot him up. He and was going to be a high draft pick, but that but, solidified. Yeah, and that shot solidified him up it, and yeah. he has ended up being like okay now. But for where he was drafted and what the kind of hype was around him, especially with the combine, has not lived up to well, it. Well, and you always find some defensive lineman from Memphis or something that's three hundred and forty pounds, and then he runs like a four seven forty. Yeah, just something and you're, ridiculous. And you're thinking, well, how, what is this guy doing? Like, this has to be. This is a freak athlete. He's yeah. just fat. So. Even better. <laughs> I love when the big boys have wheels. It's so much fun to see. Oh yeah, just a massive human just barreling down, downfield. It's a great sight to see. Yeah, and we'll uh, and then we do have another one. So Wisconsin Arizona State, another and solid game. Definitely, I'd say the worst game out of those four. That I mean, depending on what you're looking for. Some may say UNC yeah, South Carolina. Biased. Others may say Tennessee Purdue. If they're not a fan. That's true, but I think that Pitt Michigan State is probably the everyone can agree that'll be a yeah that's a good matchup the, that'll be the best matchup and then obviously coming up playoff games baby yeah. New Year's Eve um, Cincinnati Alabama Georgia Michigan and then the huge huge Rutgers Wake Forest game to follow that up how about that <laughs> throw that in there on New Year's I Eve. I love it but no I'm I'm so excited for these playoff games uh if. I just want to see Cincinnati put in a fight against Bama. If they make that game exciting, I think that would be so... Wait, I mean, what a great way to start off the playoff, in my opinion. If that game is good and it's not Even just a blowout. Even if it's close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just needs to be close. I would love... I mean, trust me, I would love to see Cincinnati win. That would be insane. And then Georgia, I think Georgia-Michigan, that's good to have as kind of the night game because most likely that's going to be the back-and-forth, down-to-the-wire game. It's going to be a battle of two serious defenses, right? What do you so? Tr- give me your, give me your, give me the trucial spread on these two games. Give me your what you would put the what I'd put the spread at, or what I think it'll end up being. What would you put both? the spread at? Yeah, give me both. Give me both. Okay, well, I mean Alabama, I'd say it's got to be twelve and a half, thirteen and a half, somewhere around there, close to double digits, because I think. Nobody's really that high on Cincinnati, um, and while they do have the their signature win against Notre Dame, Notre Dame is also one of those teams that can definitely be ranked higher than they should be, so I don't think that win holds as much weight as any other top five team win would uh, be. So I think that'll be a little bit more. I think it probably is going to, the game is going to end up right around there. With Alabama winning by double-digit points between 10 and 14, I'd say. 
so I think it'll be a little bit closer than people think, but we'll see. Um, and then Georgia, Michigan, uh, it's probably going to be like minus one and a half, minus two Georgia, I'd think. Just because of that SEC bias, we see it a lot in Vegas as well. Well, not even really. Well, we're not going to get into the argument of SEC bias right now, but I think Georgia's going to have that little bit of a favorite over it, even though they are technically the lower seed. Um, and I think it's going to end up being a like kick a field goal to win by one game. I think this game is going to be really, really tight the whole way. It's not going to be too much scoring because Stetson Bennett, Cade uh, McNamara, they're not really like superstars and aren't going to be scoring a lot. They both have great running attacks, but these defenses are going to show up and it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I could see Bama end up winning by 17 or 21, but I think if that happens, it's more of a, it's what they have done kind of all year. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of a close game for a while. And then they score like two touchdowns in a minute in the, at the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter or whatever. But again, I'd like to see. I mean, I really want to see Cincinnati. I'm, I'm cheering for Cincinnati, so I would love to see yeah. a good game. And I, I agree with the Georgia Michigan thing. I could see anything happening. If I think if Michigan can run the ball early, right away at the beginning of the game, I think they win. But I don't know because we we look at both of these quarterbacks on Georgia and Michigan, and you don't know if if one of them doesn't come to play or makes a couple mistakes early that's the game right there in my yeah. opinion. So we'll we'll see. I mean McNamara, you, I think you can count on one hand how many picks he's thrown this year. So that's something to take into account. I really just like their one two punch at running back with Hassan Haskins and uh Corum. I think that I think that's dangerous. But but again, both of them, Georgia and Michigan, have their average to above average quarterback with a bunch of weapons at receiver. So Defense is going to be huge in this game. Run game is going to be huge. We'll see how it goes. I, I, my pick is I think Michigan wins. I think Michigan steals it from Georgia. But I, I agree with you. I could see. I think Georgia's probably the favorite. Is it? Is it up there yet already? The line. Yeah. Let me pull these up here. So Alabama minus thirteen and a half. Boom. Boom. I did not look at that. <laughs> I swear. Um, UGA minus seven and a half. I think that's too much. That is too I'm much. I'm gonna have to sprinkle. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sprinkle so a little I, something I on that. I should have thrown in more of the SEC bias. I guess that is really coming into play. I think six and a half would have made seven and a half and six and a half huge difference. There. Yes, yes. We know how many games end up being won by seven and not eight. I just don't. I don't see Georgia winning by that much. I'll be shocked if they win by more than a touchdown. I really will. And like you said, I think I could see it being a last-second thing. So we'll see. Man, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the playoff this year. I think it's not necessarily the most competitive playoff, right, because you look at Alabama and Cincy, but I think so many people are excited to see that group of five team get a chance in the playoff that more so than ever since the playoff has come to be in the last seven or eight years, whatever it's been, I think this is going to be one of the most watched playoffs we've had. Oh, yeah. 
because it's very different than what we've normally had. But well, not very different. Well, you Georgia do. I mean, Alabama, but but you don't have Clemson, Clemson you don't have Ohio, Notre Dame, you don't Ohio have o- State. or Oklahoma. Yep. You know, so you do have. I mean, Georgia's been there before. Alabama's been there before. Obviously, but Michigan, Michigan and, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Those are fresh faces. Very fresh faces, right? I mean, yeah. So I'm excited. College football, man. I'm gonna miss it. When it's, I already miss it because it's not yeah, it's not the same. We're we're not getting a ton of games during the week during the weekend right now. So, did you see last thing I'll say real quick before we kind of go into our next segment? A bunch of the barstool employees, El Prez included, have been tweeting at Scott Frost and Husker Football Nation to uh, come play in the Barstool Arizona Bowl. That would be insane. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's a, a couple of Husker Twitter accounts I follow. That are tweeting out, we got to do this, people. What do you think about this? What do you? Th-? And I that'd be so dumb. No, you somebody yeah. get hurt for something that means nothing, right? And you have guys have been at home sitting on their couch the past. They're not in couple game shape weeks. right now. No, I mean maybe. No, no. It's just there's nothing that really comes. It, it that's essentially a scrimmage, really. If they went, if they did it, if they went and played it, and then won, it would be the funniest thing ever, yeah. I think. But I. You can't just stay. Yeah, they. I'm sure some guys have been working out, maybe, but I bet the majority of guys have been taking a serious break. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, I'd expect nothing less. Just a couple weeks after the season, after grueling. Well, plus you have some of those guys who are getting ready for like the combine or yeah. for pro days and everything. So that I I don't even know if you would have enough guys want to do it. They did have. There were some players on Twitter saying, "Hey, I'd love to come play. I'll catch a flight back right now." Including Samari Torre, who's probably one of the Dang. top draft prospects for the Huskers. So that hey, interesting. He loves to play ball. But yeah, I don't. There's no way it happens. But I did think I did find it a little interesting and glad to have uh, kind of the barstool people on. Seem like they're kind of becoming fans of Husker football nation. Yeah, probably partly I think because Will Compton. Of, yeah. yeah, he. Did, I mean, he talks about it all the time, and we talk about it all the time. Best three win team in the country. Yeah, I mean that that alone has added a lot of big cat love tweeting yeah. about it. All those barstool guys, they found it fun. So, but anyway, so Trusha, you had a good segment idea for us that you texted me and Reese, um, and just go. I've heard it before. I've seen it on Twitter. the The team I think you're going to talk about is one that is yeah, kind of, of an obvious ones. choice. But go ahead and explain kind of yeah. what your idea was. So this idea came from one of my buddies. Uh, shout out to EJ. We used to work together. Um, as I'm watching a Dolphins pick six, I have the Dolphins defense in the championship in my fantasy. Wow, that's unreal. Um, that's huge for me. But back to it. So my buddy EJ uh, sent me this post on Instagram about how, why why is there not a 30 for 30 on the Urban Meyer Florida Gators 06 to 09 or 2010 about? Um, and that got me thinking, why don't we talk to the boys a little bit? I know we all have our opinions on um, who are the greatest football teams and such, but I thought this was a fun little twist on it on who we think, what teams out there in college football uh, deserve to have a 30 for 30 um, the most. So I'll kick us off here, and then, Will, you can follow up. I know you came prepared with a pick. But as you guys already know, Urban Meyer and those Florida Gators were insane. So they won the national championship in 2006 as well as 2008, um, both with Tim Tebow at the helm. But 
I mean, it was a lot more than that. The the rosters here are just insane. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about the 2006 roster too much just because the 2008 one has a lot of the same players and it's probably even better. But we had Cam Newton and Tim Tebow um, on that Florida Gators team. Chris Rainey, Jeff Demps, Percy Harvin, Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, Mike and Marquise Pouncey, Maurice Hurt, Marcus Gilbert, Carlos Dunlap, uh, John Brown, Brandon Spikes, Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins. I mean, that's like double-digit, very good pro bowlers, most of them, in the NFL. That's a lot of names that are big for just being in the NFL. But then you also have four to five names that were big for storylines outside of football oh, as well. For yeah, sure. you can best believe there are some storylines. Um, and it's so weird to, to think about this because we have such a opposite dynamic with Tim Tebow being um, such a godly man, very Christian, never really had any scandals, um, never had anything crazy. And then you had guys like Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was Tebow's roommate. Yeah, right? they were like best friends. I mean, I've been doing some reading up on this, and Tim Tebow just thought he was hilarious. He loved his jokes, so they became really close. And the coaching staff wanted Tebow to rub off on Aaron Hernandez a little bit because, I mean, he definitely uh, was a troubling player, got into a fight with his wide receiver coach, um, or his tight ends coach, as well as Percy Harvin and uh, Riley Cooper both got in fights while they were there down in Florida. Um, there was a lot of just egos down there. That's kind of what brought the downfall of everything as Tebow started getting really, really big. I mean, he was the face of college football and kind of even football in general at the time. Tim Tebow was the, the biggest guy in football. Everybody knew him. And while he was the leader on TV, as you kind of go read into it, there are a lot of other leaders on that team. I mean, all you got to do is listen to those names that I said. Um, but there's just some crazy stuff. Some of the Gators, like they said, partied all the time, would get in fights in nightclubs, were going crazy down in Gainesville, doing all, all types of stuff. And then you had guys like Tebow who were going to Bible study and uh, had separate sections in the club to be away from all the noise and all the drunk people going crazy, but they could still go out and hang out with their teammates. Um, and then obviously it all came to a crash and burn ending with Urban Meyer faking health issues, having heart problems. I don't even know. Nobody can ever get his story straight. But basically just kind of falls apart, even though they were still having great recruiting. Like I said, the egos got too big. And I think it'd be really fun to really dive into some of those big names, um, like I was talking about, and tell their stories, tell Aaron Hernandez's story, tell Riley Cooper's story, Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, the coaching staff. I mean, we could sit here and we could make a two-hour-long podcast about this team easily. So I think, and it honestly probably will come out eventually, I bet, because it's such, it's like the most talked about 30 for 30 that hasn't happened yet. So I'll be interested to see. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had. Will I know you had another ninety or uh, a nineties team in mind? Why don't you go ahead and uh, fill us in? Well, and so real quick, wasn't there something like thirty to forty guys in jail on that Florida team? Yeah, so there was all kinds of uh, DUIs, fights, um, and 
Urban Meyer and the coaching staff actually hired chaperones and security guards to go out with the team and watch them to ensure that they were being, I mean, whatever, trying to not get in trouble really is what it was. He led it to believe, oh, we're just making sure these boys are doing the right thing. But it was more about, hey, they let them do what they want, but just make sure it doesn't get out in the public eye. Right, right. Real quick, I want to give a, as as we watch this Monday night game, shout out to the Vols because I just saw you had Camara, Marquez Callaway, and Ethan Wolf all in <laughs> on the lineup for the Epic. Saints. So three out of the starting eleven players for the Saints offense, and they're from the Vols. Anyway, so yeah, obviously, this has been. I, I've thought there should have been a thirty for thirty on this team for a while, and they actually were making one. So I don't know what happened. I'll explain in a second. But obviously, I'm biased. But the 90s Nebraska dynasty of national championships from 94, 95, 97, almost got one in 93. Apparently, they were making a 30 for 30. It was on the news in Nebraska. Some guy was working on it. I I don't know whatever happened to it, but it would have been awesome. So, obviously, the 95 Huskers are considered the greatest team of all time in college football. Average winning margin of around 39 points. I think beat something like four top 10 teams. Played Steve Spurrier's Gators, who won the national championship, I think the next year. Uh, beat them 62-24 to 24 in the national championship with quarterback Tommy Frazier, who's known as kind of one of the biggest Heisman snubs ever. Not only that... But you had, I mean, it was the Royd era kind of still, so you had all these crazy dudes on, I mean, I think of the Peter brothers that were just juicing hard. If you ever want if you ever want to just get hyped up or be entertained by some Royd Rage football, look up Christian Peter pump up for like the 94-95 season, and it's just him yelling. He, he's in like an empty room, and it's just him screaming. And apparently it was like a hype video for the team. He gives it, he's... He's making it for the guys to all watch before a game or something, and it's insane, but it gets you. Man, if it doesn't make you want to run through a wall, especially if it's one of your teammates, I don't oh, know yeah. what does. But anyway, one of the biggest storylines of that is the whole story of Lawrence Phillips, one of the best college running backs of all time, and one, probably the, I mean, arguably the best running back ever at Nebraska, and that includes the Heisman winners, Mike Rogier, Amon Green, guys like that, Amir Abdullah, whatever. Lawrence Phillips, super kind of troubled guy. Kind of one of those guys Tom Osborne and Nick Saban have the same idea on. It's, you know, if I kick him off the team, then where does he end up? Yeah. Type thing. Goes downhill from there. Phillips, he had been suspended multiple times, but then got to come back, everything. But anyway, I mean, there was. I mean, he assaulted women, had multiple assault charges, terrible anger issues. Super high draft pick. Tried to bounce around the NFL. Yep. Maybe even played a little Canadian or arena or something like that. But, I mean, I think he was a first-round pick. Anyway, just couldn't ever get it get it right. Ended up going to jail. The craziest story... I'll, I'll, do, I'll give a couple stories. So, the first one I'll give is actually when he gets in jail. They apparently... He was he was writing letters to his old coaches. They were really excited for him, thinking he was gonna get out soon or eventually. Yeah, you know, turn his life around. Everything. Apparently, they put him in a cell with some like 
serial murderer or like rapist or something something bad basically and so what what ends up happening is lawrence phillips kills the guy if i'm remembering this right in the cell and what is assumed to have happened is you know it was one of those things one of them was gonna wake up the next morning and one of them wasn't you know so what's gonna happen but so that he is now i'm pretty sure in prison for life because of that so crazy story there and there's so much more to dive into on that i if you ever want to I mean, there's been plenty of articles about him and like real stories written about it. So definitely something to research. Well, he's if dead, isn't he? He might be now. I think he killed himself. Yeah, I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. He so killed, there you go. He hung himself. Yeah. So anyway, uh, besides that, though, this is a story I sent. I sent to you and Reese. Oh yeah, this had me dying laughing. So I mean, like I said, I mean, terrible anger issues, assault charges. So Lawrence was dating this girl or not dating her anymore. I don't know. He hears. She is at another dude's dorm or apartment, and he's Uh-oh. obviously pissed off about that, right? You know, not cool. He goes in. She's in there with a dude, another player, actually, from the team. And, I mean, Lawrence, not to get too graphic, but, you know, he he beats her up. He I think he drags her down the stairs, yeah, everything. Yeah, that was the main story. So I mean, he was dragging her all around. Right. So, I mean, obviously terrible. Uh, I'm pretty obviously he got charged with everything, all that stuff, suspended. But the wildest part of that story, the player's room, she was in. Nebraska, then quarterback, now head coach Scott Frost. <laughs> Insane! Could you imagine the star running back, the star quarterback? Well, he wasn't not not star not, quarterback yes, yet, but, but yeah. Yet still, I mean that that's crazy. Well, it's just I mean it's too it's almost too full circle or small. I mean, obviously they both I mean, it's a Nebraska documentary, so it's not crazy, but crazy that that's, that's who it was. what happened, yeah. But then I mean, obviously you can run into the whole I mean, after the pure dominance, you can run into, you know, Frost. He had he had actually gone to Stanford originally and then transfers back home, then gets to start, uh, I think, in 96. Doesn't quite do it. 97, they split the national championship with Michigan. Also, good uh, be a good time for Nebraska to clear the air and let everyone know that Michigan didn't deserve to share that national championship with them. But we can get into that later. Anyway, besides that, you had... I think in the... So the 94 team, the 95 team is thought of as kind of the best team of all time. But a lot of the players, you know, the seniors from that 94 team always talk about how they could have whooped the 95 team and it wouldn't have been close. Which you did have some pipeline guys, some guys in the trenches. And the 94 team did do it in a pretty great fashion. They ended up beating Miami in the national championship that probably would have been one of the best Miami teams had they finished it off. But it had, I think, Warren Sapp and I think Ray Lewis was on there. Which yeah. ju- which also made me think, man, Ray Lewis was in the league for a long time. Because this is like 94, you know, a young Ray Lewis on Miami. Anyway, so that was a great year. They did the two-quarterback system. So that's another story you can get into is Brooke Behringer, the backup quarterback, who actually split time as Tommy Frazier dealt with blood clots. I mean, Nebraska, there were times they had to play their third-string quarterback because Tommy Frazier had blood clots. Brooke Behringer... Played an entire game with a collapsed lung. Didn't even know it. Scored multiple touchdowns. Guys were tough back then. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then the whole Brooke Barringer story, there has been a documentary on the Big Ten Network about him. He died in a tragic plane crash. Um, and he was kind of the more... He, he was the one who was going to have the NFL career. He was more of an NFL guy, but also so much respect for him by all the fans and everything. Because in today's day and age, if you're Brooke Barringer, there's no way a guy like that is staying at Nebraska. But he stayed there while he could have left and started somewhere else, but he felt he had a loyalty to Nebraska. He stayed there, and it paid off for him. Obviously, he got a couple national championships and was going to go have an NFL career, most likely. So anyway, that's kind of my two cents. I probably, I don't even know how long I talked about that, but there's so much to break down. And I think, like I said, it was a 30 for 30 that was in the making, so I don't know whatever happened to it. Maybe if Nebraska gets good again, yeah, that would be something they would look back into, especially with Scott Frost. It would be easy to kind of promote that so yeah but that's that's my take i think florida is the obvious choice with gosh there's just so much so, so many, many stories so, so many more like the nebraska guys i mentioned there's definitely some people that won't remember them or may not know yeah. them as well the florida guys everyone's gonna know yeah it's if you watch very football, notable. you know pretty much everyone that i named earlier on that florida team pretty insane Right, but I think, I mean, I'm always, I'm a fan of all the college football 30 for 30s. They're great. Yeah, there's been some great ones. The Catholics and convicts. I mean, obviously, the U and the U the part U, too. Yeah, the U, that's the big one. There's plenty. And then all the the player ones, like even going into You Don't Know Bo, yeah, you Brian don't and know the Boz, mm-hmm. who that goes into kind of NFL and stuff too. But even the, col- the college days, I feel like are kind of focused yeah. pretty heavily on in that stuff. Even uh, like the SEC, like I love the Book of Manning, <laughs> the SEC storied one. But anyway, so let's hop in. We'll we'll jump into NFL now, I guess. So we're kind of hitting the home stretch here, and everything's still wide open as far as the AFC and NFC goes. You got plenty of teams still up for a playoff spot, and you got pretty much everyone still up for that one seed or division. Only two, two or three teams. Have clinched automatic playoff berths, I think. Yeah, the Cowboys did, and then the Chiefs did, right? Yes, and then I think, obviously, Packers clinched the North. And then I think the Rams may have actually clinched a playoff spot. That sounds right. Because I think they've already got 11 wins, so they're pretty much in. And then, But on the, the, the AFC over there, yeah, you have the Chiefs, and they clinched their division. That's pretty much it. I mean, you have other teams that are most likely going to be in there. But the division races are still kind of open. We we think the Titans are probably going to close it out, right? I mean, they just have to either win a game or have the Colts lose a game yeah. and they're in. So, but again, that one seed now for the Titans is still up for grabs. If the Chiefs lose a game and you win out, you're the one seed. Oh yeah, I mean we're going after that one seed. We got the the big win by Buffalo against uh, the Patriots to knock them out of the way. Really. We're just hoping that Joe Burrow plays great and beats Kansas City because I don't think Denver is going to do it for us. So, I'm Well, and, and Burrow coming off a 525-yard yeah. game. Jeez. What is he, number four all-time, most in a game now, something like that? I think three. so. And it was it was maybe the most by a Bengals quarterback yeah, or something. Yeah, it definitely was because the, the Matt Schaub is on that list. He's number two. I know Norm Van Brocklin is uh, number one, and then – there was uh, Warren Moon, I want to say. Was, really? Yeah, I believe he was on uh, number three. Yeah, but, I mean, that was a big one. Uh, Christmas Day games, would you have? I mean, Baker 
I, I know there was kind of a... I think the Browns got screwed at the, at end, the end there yeah, with the pass interference call. Pass interference. And so, okay, that's reviewable, is it not now? So I thought I think they changed that back. I was talking uh, with some family members while we were watching football, and I was asking about that too, but apparently that rule is gone now. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> I mean, because that, that's what I was waiting for. I was like, that's literally the rule. Like, that's what they made when uh, the whole Saints thing happened. Because, I mean, the dude, not only did he pull on him and grab, he, like, slingshotted himself yeah. to make the pick. Yeah. So I mean, it was clear defensive pass interference. Yeah. All, but all, all that said, however, Baker I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're Baker Mayfield, it's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't throw Don't three throw the picks three before other ones. that. Yeah. And we're in this game. And we're winning this game. Uh, the other one, uh, what was it, Arizona and Indianapolis? Was yeah, we were Day? hoping uh, that was the Christmas night game. We were hoping for a... Uh, Cardinals win there because that would have secured the division for the Titans, but Colts staying as Same red hot. hot. Yeah, they are making me more and more nervous to possibly see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I that one surprised me a little bit, but I'm not too worried about it. I think the Titans will be able to take care of business. Yeah. They're going to win one game for sure, and I don't. I mean, I don't yeah, know who the I Colts think we'll have win left, the division, but, but I just hope we don't because we've swept them. I mean that's a lot of bulletin board material to if we end up playing them in the playoffs if they right. get into the wild card for sure it's tough to beat a team three, three times, times especially with how hot they are yeah however you know Titans could have a yeah healthy King Henry back yeah uh, to get into that really quickly there's been reports that to shake the rust off Henry might be coming back week eighteen I I mean I that's what I would assume and right the fact that those reports are coming out basically says to me that all right. Everything is going exactly how, if not better, what the doctors and the team wanted to see if there's reports of him possibly coming back for the regular season. If if things weren't going well, I'd say they would have already shut it down. So I, I'm thinking the light at the end of the tunnel here is coming soon. And I think that'd be great if you could get him just a few snaps in that Texans game. Just give him like eight carries. And seriously, if you're, I mean, if eight you have a shot at that. 15 snaps. If you have a shot at that one seed too, if you could get the bye and just give him, I mean, get get him in the game maybe week 18 just to have him run around a little yeah. bit. But then just have, I mean, everything helps in my opinion. So getting another week, another bye week, that would be huge, I think. But yeah, also uh, Buffalo really impressed me. Yeah. They look like what they were kind of supposed to be this whole year, and now they're leading the East. Yeah, which everyone is funny. kind of thought. Well, they were seven and six, and had really fallen down the uh, rankings with uh, the Patriots playing so well. I mean, I don't know if the Patriots they might be kind of falling apart here at the end of the season. Mac Jones hasn't looked as good. Defense hasn't looked as tight. Miami's breathing down their neck here. They're playing right now to be eight and seven and only a game behind both New England and Buffalo. So it's going to be a tight finish to that division, but I'm thinking the Bills might end up pulling this out. I kind of thought the Bills were going to have a down season um, at the beginning of the season, and it looked like they were going to, but hey, they, they might have righted the ship similar to Kansas City when everybody was counting them out, and look where we are now. The Patriots, to me, I may have said this before, I can't remember, but the Patriots to me are kind of the Iowa of the NFL. Now, I think Mac Jones, I think the quarterback play for the Patriots is probably better than Iowa in college football. But they've won all these games basically from 
just wearing down teams or capitalize, letting them make all the mistakes and just kind of going with the flow of the game, letting other teams make mistakes. And, you know, Bill Belichick's king of that, especially he's going to try and do that when you have a young quarterback and a good defense. Yeah. But I don't like even when they beat the Titans, I wasn't. I, I came away from that game thinking this team is not better than the Titans. Yeah, they're very beatable. They they are in my opinion. But anyway, uh, what what were some of the other games? I'm trying to think. I mean, we talked about Ravens Bengals. Um, Rams Vikings was kind of a crazy finish. It looks like the Rams were going to blow them out, uh, but then the Vikings kind of hung around a little bit more and took it down to the wire some crazy plays in the jets and jaguars game uh we saw an offensive lineman score a touchdown from the jaguars uh a nod to jeff saturday recovering the fumble um from the quarterback trevor lawrence in the end zone to score and then we also saw zach wilson in that game bust about a 40 yard run probably the most athletic play he's ever made in his career i think it was the longest yeah i think it was the longest run by a jets quarterback or something ever or maybe the longest touchdown run. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Because I mean, he made he was making guys miss, uh, barreling through people into the end zone. It it was a nice flash of brilliance from somebody uh, that hasn't impressed us here. Um, we can also talk about the Buccaneers and Panthers. Panthers have completely fallen apart. We saw Cam Newton. He got kind of pulled with Sam Darnold coming back and actually playing. Um, which everyone kind of thought their defense was going to be really good at the beginning of this year. They had some weapons. They were 3-0 and and then have completely fallen apart. Injuries haven't helped. Um, and speaking of injuries, the COVID stuff has been going crazy right now with all these. How many people did the Ravens lose? Like 12. The Browns were down like 7. Titans just put five guys on the COVID list today. I mean, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's every team right now, and it seems like every sport. I know the NBA is having to pull up. Well, and you're getting AAU kids to come play. <laughs> like it's been crazy. Well, and you're getting bowl games canceled and everything. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm hoping the Music City Bowl does not get canceled. That would be a, a heartbreaker. If it does, maybe that maybe that's what uh, will end all the COVID crap. Is Tennessee fans rioting? I mean, they were able to get. I mean, whatever. They were able to cancel all the coaches that were yeah. on the seats, so maybe they can cancel COVID, honestly. We, we are a powerful fan yeah. base. Um, one game that we needed to talk about uh, real quick, Seahawks-Bears. Nick yes. Foles, holy cow, straight from the Super Bowl, throws the two-point conversion to go up in the fourth quarter. And He's back. Heck, dude, heck of a catch. Yes, hell of a play. Who was, I can't remember who it was. Mm. A guy I didn't necessarily recognize, but anyway, I mean the Seahawks are trying to push this dude out of the end zone. It looks oh, like it was they Bird. were. Yeah, Tyler Bird, and he just slide. You're thinking of Vols Tyler Bird. Oh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> whoops, sorry about that. But anyway, I mean the dude just gets his feet down somehow. I mean, I, awesome play in the snow too. Yeah, Nothing like a good NFL snow game. But yeah, Foles comes in, leads them down on like a 68 yard drive, and gets the two point conversion. Calls game. I mean, are you kidding me? But yeah, that was awesome. Steelers Chiefs Steelers didn't have a chance sadly nah. I mean that's gonna that Big game man is done these games for the Titans that's what really haunts me like t- losing to the Steelers and Jets and that's been our mo I'm, I mean you, all you have to do is have won one of those games and you're in first place if we Think just could have beaten the Texans 
the <laughs> Jets, the Steelers. Like, bad teams. Yeah. Bad teams. I don't care what... Like, the Steelers, yeah, they're stingy. They can hang around. They're not good. They're not no. that good. And Tennessee is better than them. I mean, obviously, you had a ton of guys out not playing. Maybe if you have A.J. Brown in that game, that's a game you win. I don't know. But just disgusting to think about. Uh, there was another game. Scroll down there real quick. I wanted to see... The Cowboys... Oh, Redskins yes. game or football team game. Excuse me. Excuse my language. Um, Dak Prescott four touchdowns. His first multiple touchdown game in like a month too, and he has four of them. People were talking about him being the MVP this season. The first like three or four games through too. He's kind of well. Obviously, injury had a lot to right, do with it, yeah. but he hasn't since he's gotten back. He's looked like manageable, serviceable, but has not had that same pep in his step, and this might be the game. All right, Dak is back, and the Cowboys are dangerous. They looked good, and whatever they were calling up was just working, too. Like, if you look at all those touchdown passes he throws, I mean, guys are wide open off the play designs. Trayvon Diggs had another interception for number 11, 11, right? Yeah. And then, obviously, I'm sure a lot of of people saw Jonathan Allen and... uh, Deron Payne. Deron Payne getting, getting in the fight. fight on the sideline. Which again, those guys were college teammates and everything. It it's not as big of a deal as probably the press wanted it to be. But it is, I mean, look just a bad look, yeah. obviously. But when you're getting beat down like that, it's easy for tempers to flare and guys to get upset and start you know, you fall apart on the sideline kinda. Kinda like the Lakers. But yeah, no, I think I saw Big Cat say, and I totally agree with it. I think I think uh Deron Payne gave Allen the, the the finger point to the yeah. temple, and that's like the most aggressive finger yeah. point of all time. Like oh, yeah. it, it is great. Like you know it's when go- you're little boy and somebody. Yeah, like, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be on site, as the kids yeah. say. <laughs> they they meant business, but like you said, they were college teammates. It's like they're friends. Anybody yeah. that knows sports knows how emotional and how fired up and intense these games get. So tempers get flared. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. But so Trucial here will, I think we're, it looks like we might have a little shorter of an episode today just because there's a lot, I think there's a lot coming up this week that yeah, we're excited for. we don't want to But uh, give me your picks. Too much. Give me your, here, let's go, uh, give me your picks for the college football playoff real quick. Just this, these two games we got coming up. Who you got? So straight up or spread? Give me both. Okay, so I'm taking Bama money line and the spread. Honestly, at thirteen and a half, I think they win closer to fourteen than I do ten. Um, I'm so close to saying Michigan money line, and honestly, screw it. Michigan money line. You can take the points if you want, but go chase that big win. Uh, there's value there, I think. It, I was just looking at it. It's like plus 250, plus 240. You probably get a little bit higher. You can get the Michigan outright uh, natty winner at like plus 575. That I think that's probably the best value pick. Could be. Like I don't know if they are good enough to beat both of them, but you're not going to find odds for the other guys like that. No. I mean, Cincinnati, obviously, but I don't know who's picking them. So, yeah, let's say Michigan Moneyline. Shout out to Toe Batista. I hope you guys actually do something this year. I mean, they've done something this year, you know. Yeah, they're they in the playoffs. The they're yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're in the playoffs. You've done something this year. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to Yeah, I'm gonna echo what you said. I think Alabama still covers. I, 
gosh, I hope Cincinnati does something. That'd be so fun. I think that'd be awesome. But, I mean, even if it's, think about it, if it's a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter, I could easily see Bama pulling away at the very end and scoring a touchdown or two at the very end and making it a 14- or 21-point game. So, yeah, I'll take Alabama on the spread there. I think 13-and-a-half is, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised it's not 14-and-a-half or something. Yeah. To get it over that hump, because yeah. 14 seems like right about right. Yeah, so because I could see Bama winning this game by 17 or I could see him by 24. Honestly, yeah, if that, yeah. like I mean, I, it could happen for sure. Cincinnati, well, because I think I think Cincinnati is is well uh, drawn up enough. Like I think they have good play designs and everything that could confuse Bama a little bit. But what it's going to come down to is the trenches. I yeah. think the major difference in these group of five teams and high-level Power 5 teams, you're just not going to have the same guys in the trenches. Especially, you look at Alabama's defensive line. Cincinnati hasn't played anyone like that. However, last year, played Georgia in their bowl game, and Georgia's defensive line is arguably one of the best in the country. So, uh, maybe that's not as big of a deal. I think maybe the wear and tear of it eventually just gets to them. We'll see. I I really hope... I. I hope Cincinnati wins this game, and not that I think that's going to happen, but that would be awesome. But I'll pick Bama to cover. Uh, I do think that's a little low, though, like I just said. And then I'm going to pick Michigan Moneyline as well. However, maybe that's more so because I kind of want Michigan to win. I I mean, I think think Michigan will win, but I could see any and all things happening in this game. I could see a blowout on either side. I could see a close game on either side. I don't know. We'll see. But then, Trucial, give me your, if you had to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now, give it to me. Hmm. Super Bowl matchup right now. I mean, NFC. Because it, it looks a little not as clear as it did a couple weeks ago. Because you have teams like Dallas and L.A. looking real yeah, good again. a lot better. Because they, if they were to get down... They did it at the right time, the middle of the season, when you still got room to make it up, and now are starting to get hot at the right time, in which really that seems who wins the Super Bowl is whose defense is the hottest and whose offense is just humming. I mean, it comes down to that clearly because so many of these players are great. But I'm thinking it's going to be the L.A. Rams coming back into the Super Bowl. Stafford is finally going to be... um, get that monkey off his back of never being able to win anything in the playoffs. Um, and then the AFC, give me the Titans, baby. Give me the Titans. I think this is a, a, a year that still everyone is going to be counting us out. And I'm, I'm kind of torn between Kansas City and Tennessee if I, if I really analyze this. But I'm going to lean towards Tennessee just because Henry's going to be healthy. We're going to be the only team with, a guy like Derrick Henry with fresh legs, A.J. Brown is going to have fresh legs. I feel like everything's going to come together at the right time for the Titans, and we're just going to start clicking. The defense is going to be playing well. Hopefully David Long gets back here soon, um, and we have some of those key defensive players as well as offensive linemen come back, which is going to be huge. I think the Titans really, really do it this year. They make it to the Super Bowl. Revenge game for the Titans. 
we do it this time. We beat the Rams. We don't get stopped a yard short. Titans win the Super Bowl. I'm calling it now. I would love that. I really would. I'll, I'll go. So, yeah, I'll pick my AFC team first. So, I mean, my my top teams here are obviously Kansas City, Tennessee, and then I think Buffalo has a chance. And then I don't see anyone else from the AFC really having a chance. I know Cincinnati's been hot. I know Indianapolis has been hot. New England's done some things. I don't see any of those teams making it through a gauntlet and getting to the Super Bowl and winning. I truly see Kansas City, because they're Kansas City, they've done it before, they can do it again, they have the firepower. Buffalo looks like they may be peaking at the right time and can get hot, but, I mean, the AFC to me is not super strong this year, I not at least not compared to the NFC on the other side. I could see four teams in the yeah. Super Bowl, I think, on the NFC side, but so... I mean, I, I would like to pick Tennessee, and like I'll say, I will say Tennessee. If it's not Tennessee, I'll say it's Kansas City, because um, I just don't see Buffalo. They've been too inconsistent for me to pick them getting there. And Tennessee hasn't been super consistent, but again, like we said, you haven't had a fully healthy team in forever or anywhere near that. Yeah. Um, so if I think if you get a few pieces back around the playoffs and they're ready to go and they're they're healthy and warm and ready to go, that I I, I think they'll be in good shape. And I something about Kansas City this year just doesn't do it for me. So that's why I can actually feel kind of like Tennessee may be the best pick this year. Yeah, they seem uh, beatable this year. I mean, they're they're hot right now and playing really well, but. You still see the blunders from Mahomes a little bit more often. The Steelers just didn't really capitalize because they still forced some fumbles, but they were able to fall back on top of it and force some turnovers, didn't take advantage. So I think with the Titans' defense, how much it's improved, that's really is what's going to make the difference. I know our offense is going to be good when we get everyone healthy, but I think the, the defense is going to be the X factor here. And... We're going to be able to score 30 points, but now hold teams to 18, 21 points, 17 points, um, and get some wins. Right. No, I agree. And my brain tells me for the NFC, the Packers. Because I've, I've I mean, I've actually, for some reason, I've watched a lot of the Packers this year. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, they've had a lot of primetime games, so that's probably part of it. But for some reason, I mean, Rodgers is playing, he's having another MVP level season. And their defense is really good. They they are playing complementary football to the I mean the definition of complementary football. I feel like, especially and then uh, so obviously like defense is playing good, offense is playing good. But then if if one or the other isn't playing good, they kind of pick each other up. Yeah, and, especially at the right times. Mm-hmm. Like they've had a lot Big of games. Plays. I feel like where where they'll score kind of twenty four points or something in that area, which is kind of the. The median, I feel like kind kind of the middle of the road. So you don't really know. You know, you could win those games, you could lose those games, and the defense has really stepped up. Uh, whenever the offense kind of sputters out, but then again, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers. He's won a Super Bowl before. You have a great quarterback. So I like Green Bay. That's that's who my my brain tells me to pick. And I actually don't think Tampa Bay is. I, I'm not. I I don't have them even on my. I shouldn't say even on my radar, but I, like my top three right now are the top three in the NFC. I, I would pick either between Green Bay, Dallas, or LA 
because I think Dallas and LA are peaking at the right time right now. I think they're getting into rhythm, going to score a lot of points when they get to the playoffs. It'll depend on the matchups too. You look at uh, the the thing that's funny about the NFC. Look at look at this kind of playoff picture right now. So it's these top seven, right? You have Green Bay, Dallas, L.A., Tampa, Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia. A lot of warm weather teams. Like, yeah. So think Arizona, about that. San Fran, Tampa Bay, L.A. So besides, Dallas. literally besides Green Bay and Philly. Everybody else. Yeah, and I don't think any of those teams are necessarily worried about Philly. Um, besides San Francisco would be. Um, but so when you don't have weather coming into play really until whenever you got to play Green Bay, if you have to play them, I think Dallas and L.A. are in really good shape. Yeah, if they get them early. Yeah. Uh, just something to think about. Some people may not think that's a big deal. I think it's kind of a big deal. That's kind of. Oh I think yeah, it's funny that definitely has a big effect on. Games. I think it's funny that six of the eight NFC or uh, sorry, five of the seven NFC playoff teams currently play in domes or play in super warm weather. So something to take into account. So I'm I'm gonna pick Green Bay, Tennessee. I'm gonna pick Tennessee to win, I guess, because I'm a Titans fan. So don't hold it against me, but. NFC playoffs, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I think that could be, be all over the place. It's going to be interesting to see where everybody shakes out. I, I think Cincinnati can make some noise. I just think you're too young to really make a run yet. Yeah, Burroughs, he's not there yet. Um, like I think Burroughs really good. You could yeah, argue Someone can make the argument he's a better quarterback than some of the guys on the other top playoff teams right now. However, I just think... You got to have a little experience. Yeah. Even I mean, even Tannehill. You know, he's been to an AFC Championship. He's played in playoff games. He's won playoff games. It's just different. I, I mean, Burrow. Obviously, I think he talks about playing in the SEC stadiums being way louder, and I probably agree with that. But oh it's, yeah, it's, well, there's more people in them for it, sure. It's a different environment. I feel yeah. like in the playoffs and in the NFL. Also, think about all the eyes that are watching you on national TV too. I think that still is in the back of your head a little bit when you're Yeah, do you think so? I don't know. I don't, I, maybe. I don't know. I think when you have the already 60,000 people surrounding you, that's already enough to get you going. And then in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh man, there's another million people at home watching this too. All these cameras are all around me. I think that still goes through some of these, rookies heads um or not joe burrows and a rookie but younger young guys players, yeah so, yeah so could uh could play a little bit of a, an effect there you the rookies and young qbs we know throw bad interceptions so burrow hasn't really been too much of that this season and has really cleaned up a lot of it but playoffs are different like you said the nerves the nerves are there and you can make mistakes man how about some of these i'm just looking at the rankings how about some of these teams, like, I mean, obviously the Raiders kind of fell off, which makes sense after everything, but dude, the Chargers, there was a point yeah, in the season where I thought the Chargers, the Texans. early in the season, I think I said the Chargers are the best team in the NFL, like, because they looked so good at the beginning. Eight and seven. Yeah, now. they're eight and seven, not even, I mean, obviously still in the hunt, and yeah, they're not gonna it's going to be, it's going to be hard for Baltimore to, to hold on, I think, so we'll see, because yeah, they're both, their injuries. Yeah, they're both eight and seven. So, I mean, obviously, there's anything could happen there, but we'll see. Um, Trusha, you got anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's about it. I mean, we covered uh, most of what I wanted to talk about in the NFL. Really, I'm just excited to get through some of these bowl games. 
we're back to college football being every day now, kind of. Um, kind of when we get into that part of the season where there's maction on Tuesdays and stuff like that, which is awesome. Um, but NFL-wise, I'm excited um, for the Titans to get the W against the Dolphins next week. They're going to be fat and happy off a win against the Saints, hopefully. And um, hopefully I end up with a dub in our fantasy championship as well. Could use that uh, nice little paycheck. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, also, I mean, pretty soon we'll start talking a little more basketball, but shout out to the Vols uh, beating yeah. Arizona. That was, I guess, about a week ago now. So right, I think it was right after we recorded, maybe the, a day or two after. So Crazy game because Arizona tied it up twice after we were beating the crap out of them. Early in the game. It, yeah. I mean, but the thing was, is I mean, Tennessee was playing such good defense, but they weren't scoring a ton. So Yeah. It's still that that seems to be the the thorn in our side every time. Um, we'll play great defense, but then we'll shoot twenty five percent and eighteen percent from three. So definitely frustrating to be a Vols basketball fan sometimes from the offensive standpoint. But where we're at in the season, ranked top fifteen, can't complain right now. It'll be something to to take a look at in about a month. It's still not really. I I mean I'm watching college basketball. But in about a month, I'll be watching it pretty much every day it's on. So I'm excited for that, too. NBA, obviously, as well. Oh, yeah. Pretty fun. Grizzlies got a big dub against uh, Sacramento, beat them by 25. And Heck then yeah. they are playing uh, Phoenix tonight, which is going to be – it's in Phoenix. That's going to be a tough game. Well, and what's crazy is by the time I really start paying attention to the NBA, it's like halfway over, you know? Yeah. I mean, all, All-Star Weekend's in February, so I'll probably have – But that's when the games start mattering. Yeah. That's so. true. I like having it on. I like watching it and keeping up. Yeah. But it's, I, I don't know. It's I can't different. follow it as closely when there's NFL going on, but definitely. Well, and sorry, sorry I didn't mean to cut you up. NBA is just different for me since probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is when I really enjoyed the NBA. Yeah. It's it's not the same for me. I don't know. I mean, D. Wade, Paul Pierce, LeBron, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, uh, the early Thunder teams. D Rose. Well, and there's not a lot of defense played in the NBA. Yeah, it's but every even, team averages even, 110 points a game. Now. Right. Even 15 years ago, I mean, there were some. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. teams were still scoring 100 points sometimes, but it's funny watching. If you ever go back and watch the Last Dance documentary and seeing games that are like 85, I, 78 or yeah, something. Yeah, in the fourth quarter with like a minute left. Yeah, and you're like, that would never happen. It's so bad today. Well, yeah, because like, the, the games were physical. You were allowed to hand check. You could. Yeah, there weren't all the immediate technical fouls and well, and part of it too is how skillful the three, ball too. the three ball and how skillful offensive guys are today. It's so hard to truly lock a guy up one on one, no matter who it is. I mean, even if it's a even if it's a bench guy, even if it's a six man or something, it doesn't have to be LeBron. Like guys just are more skillful with the ball and more athletic. Honestly. Yeah, a lot of the kind of street ball has carried over dribbling-wise and handling-wise for a lot of these point guards. And it's tough to keep them in one area when the ball, they got it on a string and they're just floating it around everywhere. So well, it's definitely, it's tougher to stay in front of people. When I think like over overseas and in Europe, the focus there, because you don't have... They don't care about defense over there, really. I well, they don't, they don't have the athleticism for the most part that is in America. So they focus a lot on the skillful part of the game. Think back to a guy like Manu. He was, yeah. I mean, the dude was just filthy because of how skillful he was with yeah. the ball, the Euro step, and everything. 
And then you match that up with now you have guys like Luca, y- Luca, Giannis, who actually know how to pass and stuff yeah. and dr- and handle and everything. And it's like, oh shoot, okay. So we have these guys who are super athletic and they're super skillful with the ball. Just a whole different time, but still, I mean, the fun thing about the NBA is all the characters and personalities yeah, and super really, the the star power you have in the NBA. That is the fun part, the swagger that the superstars have in the NBA. So it's different than the NFL because there's only five there's five starters instead of all these guys with their helmets on. You get to see their faces and they're up close and like a lot of the the Lakers games are an event for celebrities. It's kind of mm-hmm. a, a a big thing there and especially with hip hop and um, kind of other areas of culture moving into the NBA with fashion and all that. It's really like a whole kind of its own universe and world of all these different people and all these different things going on. For sure. For sure. And yeah, so soon we'll be talking about it a little more. I'm excited. Um, I love basketball. I love, I mean, basketball is definitely number two for me after football. So shout out junkyard dogs. Yeah. Shout out junkyard dogs. So we'll get into that. Uh, guys, thanks again for listening this week. We'll be back again next week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Paydirt underscore sports. Follow us on Instagram, Paydirt Sports. Check out the blog, paydirtsports.blog. Remember, we are a part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Be sure to check them out on social media. Just search Six Pack Coverage. Check out their website, sixpackcoverage.com. Lots of good stuff up there. Articles. They got not just sports, but fitness, travel food, all kinds of stuff, so be sure to check them out. Guys, thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. See you next week. Pay Dirt, out.